Good morning, everybody. You're very welcome to Lurgan Parish Church, right in the heart of Virginia Town. If you know the church in the town, you'll know that the church lies in between two very busy roads. There's the Ballet James Duff Road and there is the main Cavan Dublin Road. So if you hear lots of traffic zooming by, well, you'll understand. It's great on this Sunday, the 19th of July, to welcome you to our online diocesan service. It's important that even though many are back in church worshipping since the start of July, that we continue to worship together and acknowledge that for many, that option is still not one that they are able to take. So wherever you're joining from, it's great to have you here with us. So let's go inside as we join in this time of worship together. Our service today is a service of morning prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. You can follow along the words on page 101. Our hymns come from the Red Church Hymnal and the Purple Hymn Book Supplement, Thanks and Praise. Equally, you can join together in this service as the words of the liturgy and the hymns will appear on the screen. So as we gather ourselves, as we still our hearts and minds to worship Almighty God, we recognise from the moment we open our eyes each morning until we close them at night, God is with us. There is no one like you, our God. In times when we are surrounded with struggles in all the surprising places we find hope, Jesus is with us. There is no one like you, our brother. When we feel orphaned by the world, when we are welcomed into faith's family, the Holy Spirit is with us. There is no one like you, witnessing spirit. We join together in our opening hymn. It's number 330 from the church hymnal. God is here as we his people meet to offer praise and prayer.
I don't know where I got this phrase, I'm sure it's not original to me, but I love the words of the phrase that says, all are equal at the foot of the cross. It's so true. When we find ourselves humbly and honestly at the foot of the cross, we know we are sinners. We know we are in need of God's mercy and grace. We know that's a place of deep forgiveness, of deep love. We know that it's an incredible place to be because we know afterwards that we receive God's pardon. So let us join together in the words of the confession. When we fail to live at God's people, we are like flowers which give way to weeds. But God seeks us out, not to condemn us, but to comfort, to forgive, and to bring us home. So let us stop playing hide and seek with our God as we confess our sins together, saying, Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through what we have left undone, and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. And may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In a few moments, Jenny Horner is going to lead us in our appointed psalm, and her husband, the Reverend Ian Horner, who is rector of the Bailiver Group of Parishes, will lead us in our gospel reading for today. But before they do that, we open our hearts and minds, we prepare ourselves to hear and to receive the Word of God. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You mark out my journeys and my resting place and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but you, O Lord, know it all together. You encompass me behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go then from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I climb up to heaven, you are there. If I make the grave my bed, you are there also. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me 
your right hand hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the light around me turn to night, even the darkness is no darkness with you. The night is as clear as day. Darkness and light are to you both alike. Search me out, O God, and know my heart. Try me and examine my thoughts. See if there is any way of wickedness in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. And they, will weed out his, uh, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so before Archdeacon Isaac Hanna comes to open God's word for us, we join together in our next hymn, which is number 596 from the church hymnal, Seek ye first the kingdom of God.
Good morning everybody and uh, welcome to Drumcliff Parish. Uh, my name is Isaac Hanna, I'm the rector here and uh, it's great to uh, welcome you here uh, this morning as part of our diocesan service. But before we begin uh, uh, learning from God's word, let's bow our heads in prayer. So Heavenly Father, may I teach from your word in such a way that we can hear your voice and in hearing your voice apply uh, all the things that you have to say to us to our lives. For Christ's sake we ask. Amen. I don't know about you but um, uh, if you're a gardener uh, you'll know that uh, in springtime if you decide to go off on a holiday uh, you'll very quickly discover that once you return uh, the lovely patch of flowers or uh, vegetables that you've left behind has suddenly been uh, overtaken by uh, lots and lots of weeds and it's amazing how quickly weeds can grow in your absence. Uh, in our scripture text for today Jesus tells the story of a farmer who uh, has a weed problem and according to Jesus that weed had a name, its name was Darnel which was a particularly nasty weed. Nasty for a number of reasons because A, it, as it grew up it looked very like the crop that it was intermixed with. Uh, it looked like wheat. Uh, uh, it was uh, bitter in taste. And the final thing that really annoyed farmers when they discovered it was that if you ate, ingested any of it, it could make you quite sick. So it was poisonous but it wouldn't have killed you. The workers in Jesus' story came to the farmer saying, verse 27, Sir, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did this darnel come from? Verse 27, the farmer answered, an enemy has done this. The farmer uh, wasn't been paranoid either when he uh, said that, because in that time, in that place, if you wanted to really uh, stitch up your neighbour and get a bit of revenge, sow a bit of this darnel seed into their crop and sit back and smile. In fact, it was so serious that the Romans uh, had it on their statute books that this was illegal to do this and would, could be punished uh, if they were discovered. Of course, all of us uh, will know of neighbours trying to sabotage other neighbours. Uh, think of uh, uh, the, perhaps the neighbour that decides to have a party when you're trying to get some sleep. Uh, or the neighbour who, uh, out of badness maybe, paints their house some gregarious colour and shows up the whole neighbourhood and maybe affects your own house price in, uh, the, in, 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 in the event. Or perhaps more subtly, as that house that your neighbour uh, occupies, uh, is it a bigger house? Does he drive a bigger car? Is there jealousy there? Hopefully none of us would sabotage our neighbour, but I can understand how this could happen even today. In Jesus' story, the workers discovered Darnell in the wheat field. And so they farmer says an enemy has done this so what should they do the workers offered to go through the field uprooting the darnel but the farmer stopped them because if they did that they would end up pulling up the crop of wheat as well so the farmer responded 
Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the harvest time I will tell the reapers, first, gather up the darnel weeds, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. The people of Jesus' day would have nodded their heads at Jesus' wisdom. They knew uh, that only after the plants were mature was there any hope of separating them or distinguishing the poisonous darnel from uh, the wheat. They had to harvest both the wheat and the weeds and then separate them by hand. So why did Jesus give us this parable? Why, I wonder, did he get Matthew to write it down? Well, I think Jesus gave this parable because he knew that the church would be mixed up with all kinds of folks. There'd be good folks and there'd be bad folks in the, in the church. Nice and nasty people, honest and dishonest people, generous and stingy people. People whom we love to love and people whom we love to hate. But it's worse than that. Jesus knew that the, ch the church would include all kinds of sinners. Of course, you might not think of Christians as been sinners, but we're all sinners here. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Some of, it, some of us have sinned small sins and others have sinned great big bad sins. But none of us are spotless. None of us can claim to be worthy of God's love. So what should we do? When we're living in the uh, uh, season of COVID, should we stand and do a spiritual uh, temperature test as people come through the door? Should we post a guard at the door to keep out any undesirables? Where would we draw the line? How could we determine who is good enough and who isn't? Should we post a guard at the door to keep out the riffraff? By the time that Matthew had written this gospel, uh, this was getting a serious issue in the church. There were good people and bad people in the church. Matthew, of course, didn't like that. And if you read through the gospel of Matthew, you'll see it over and over again. Matthew's emphasis on moral purity. For example, in chapter 5, Matthew reports Jesus as saying, Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew also reports that Jesus said uh, a man who looked at a woman uh, with lust uh, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so on and so forth. Matthew tells us that it's important for Christians to lead good lives. So the question arose for Matthew. What should the people do in the church with the people in, the, in their midst who weren't leaving, leading good lives? Some might have said, hey Matthew, we're, sure we're all sinners. We're all unworthy. And that would have been true. It might have helped. But instead, Matthew remembered this parable of Jesus. An enemy sowed a poisonous seed in the field. Just like Satan sowed poisonous people among the pews, what should we do, Mr. Farmer? What should we do, Jesus? 
Jesus responded in verse 30, Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the harvest time I will tell the reapers, First, gather the darnel uh, weeds, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. In other words, Jesus was telling us not to give people an entrance exam at the door of the church. He was telling us that we need to tolerate people in the church who don't seem to fit. So the person with an alcohol problem in the pew next to us might, of course, be there and praying for strength to quit his addiction. The notorious shoplifter in the pew next to us might be there to ask for forgiveness. The adulterer in the pew next to us might hear a word from the pulpit that would change his or her life. That doesn't mean that we have to be stupid. We wouldn't give the person with an alcohol problem uh, responsibility over the communion wine. And we wouldn't put the shoplifter uh, in charge of the weekly offering. And we wouldn't invite the adulterer either to take charge uh, of the youth group. But we have to be careful lest we throw out the baby with the bath water or as Jesus put it, lest we root up the wheat along with the weeds. Verse 29. Jesus of course assures us that on judgment day God will sort everything out. That's God's job, not ours. But he wants us to be faithful. And he wants us to honour him as a church. And I hope that we do. We might ask God to start with us. Because ultimately, uh, we're the only person that, can, uh, that we can have power to change. We might ask God to give us a Christ-like patience. To seek forgiveness for our own sins. But let me for a moment take you in another direction. Someone once said that a test of an educated person has been able to entertain two opposing ideas at the same time. And I'm going to ask you to uh, uh, entertain an opposing idea for a couple of minutes. In the early church, some people uh, were really uh, doing some shameful things. Things that were an embarrassment to the whole church. Things that besmirched Christ's name. For instance, Paul noted that one of the men in the Corinthian church was living with his father's wife. And even the pagans at that time said, what on earth is going on there? Paul didn't mince his words. He wrote a letter to the Corinthian church in which he said, in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 5, You are to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew, the same Gospel where Jesus is telling us not to go around pointing fingers at other people, Jesus also gives us a way to deal with truly shameful behaviour and he prescribes a four-step procedure. First, go to the person one-to-one. -one. And if that doesn't work, get two or three Christians to confront that same sinner. And if that doesn't work, Tell the church, get the whole church involved. 
And if that doesn't work, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. So there are limits to tolerating certain behaviours in the church. But the parable of the weeds teaches us to take great care in how we treat the sinners amongst us. That, of course, becomes easier when we recognise that we, too, are sinners. In another place in Matthew's Gospel, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says much the same thing in different words. Listen to what Jesus says. Don't judge so you, you won't be judged. For what, with whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with whatever measure you measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But don't consider the beam that is in your own eye. Or how will you tell your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and behold, the beam is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First remove the beam out of your own eye, and then you can see it clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eyes. Isn't that a wonderful image? I almost think of it's almost cartoon-like in words rather than pictures. Just imagine a, an eye doctor trying to get a speck out of somebody's eye, and here in the, in the cartoon, the this massive log sticking out of their own eye. As I imagine you sitting at home uh, this morning, I imagine seeing lots of people with specks in their eyes. But do you know something? I could see those specks all the more clearly if it wasn't for the massive log that's sticking out of my own eye. None of us are perfect. But let's all resolve to be loving and patient with the imperfect Christians sitting beside us in the pews. And let's focus less on the sins of our neighbours and more on our own sins. That's God's, that's indeed Jesus' prescription to grow a truly faithful and useful church. Amen. Thank you, Isaac. It's a great reminder that we are called not only to follow Jesus and to proclaim him, the Lord and Saviour, the King of our lives, but we are called to reflect that same love to those that we meet, those that we journey with each day. And our next hymn from Thanks and Praise, number 80, picks up and reflects and builds on that theme, King of Kings, Majesty, God of Heaven living in me. And there's a lovely little line or verse in it that says, Your Majesty, I can but bow, I lay my all before you now. In royal robes I don't deserve, but I live to serve your Majesty. Let's join in this beautiful hymn together. God of heaven living in me, gentle Savior, closest friend, strong deliverer. 
by joining together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, where he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In a few moments, Joshua Pringle, who is the intern in Bailieborough Parish Church and the group of parishes there, will lead us in our prayers. But before he does that, we join together in the versicles and the responses. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide and defend our rulers, and grant our government wisdom. 
Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness, and let your servants shout for joy. O Lord, save your people, and bless those whom you have chosen. Give peace in our time, O Lord, and let your glory be over all the earth. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and renew us by your Holy Spirit. And the collect for today. Merciful God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as pass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love toward you, that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for your church in these strange and unsettling times. We pray that your message can still be accessed by Christians, whether that's in the church building itself or online at home. We pray that your word gives courage and strength to all those who hear it, especially now in a time of great uncertainty for many people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for our local community. As people come to terms with the new normal, we pray for those who work in the healthcare system as they continue to do their job under difficult circumstances. We pray for teachers and those working in education as the schools prepare to go back in the autumn. We pray that you will ease their fears about returning and that you will guide them safely through this time. We pray for members of our community who may have become unemployed due to the virus or find themselves under financial strain. We pray for members of the community who are unwell at this time. Whether they are suffering ill health or the stress of current times has taken a toll on them, we bring their names before you in prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those countries still badly affected by the coronavirus where the numbers of people infected continues to rise. We pray that governments around the world can deal and successfully suppress this epidemic. We pray that people in these countries heed the advice of the health officials in order to defeat this virus quicker. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, we know that, along with good, there will always be evil and hardship in this world until you come again. Help us to follow you day by day, no matter what is going on in our world or in our lives. Help us not to repay evil with evil, but to repay evil with blessing, trusting that one day you will make all things new and that the righteous will shine like the sun 
in the kingdom of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Now we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together and the grace. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all forevermore. Amen. Thank you, Joshua, for your prayers. We join together now in our final hymn during this time of worship, a lovely hymn that reminds us that we are to be sent out. In fact, our prayer should be that the light of Christ, the good news of Christ, should like a light shine in the darkness in our lives, in our parishes, in our communities, and all across this land. Hymn 195, Shine, Jesus, Shine. of the world shine upon us set us free by the truth you now bring us shine on me shine on me shine Jesus shine fill this land with the Father's glory blaze spirit blaze set our Display your life. 
our diocese has had the vision to be Christ-centered, character-building and community-transforming. And in 2015, Bishop Ferrin encouraged us to see how we would do that and continue to do that, to be God's people in wherever God calls us to be each day. And so as this time of worship draws to a close, we firstly join together in our diocesan 2020 vision prayer and then we are sent out with God's presence and God's blessing on our lives. Heavenly Father, we want to catch your vision for these dioceses and for our parish. But to catch your vision, we first need to listen to you. Too often we leave you out Forgive us. Help us to catch a sense of where your spirit is leading. Give us courage to love and serve you. Give us boldness to proclaim Christ faithfully and to build your kingdom. Lord, come to us. Our door is open. Amen. And so go forth as God's people. We will greet everyone as one of the family. Go forth as followers of Jesus. We will serve everyone we meet, especially those who have been thrown aside by the world. Go forth with the gifts of the Spirit in you. We will be that hope which everyone longs to see. Eternal God and Father, by whose power we are created and by whose love we are redeemed, guide and strengthen us by your Spirit, that we may give ourselves to your service and live this day in love to one another and to you. And as we seek to do that, may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon us, be upon those who we pray for, those who are near and dear to us. Be upon us this day and every day. Amen. And so we go in peace to love and to serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen.